Hi guys, welcome back to your Pretty Fro podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Saba. I'm Aman. And I'm Salma. And today we're joining you guys over Zoom, which is unusual for us. Um, but, you know, things happen. It's a pandemic. <laughs> um, um, so last week we didn't record. I think, uh, I mean, I speak for all of us when I say it was just like a very emotionally taxing week um, after the protest. I wasn't able to attend, but Salma and Aman did attend. Um I wish I did attend. It's like a massive regret for me. I wasn't well. Um, but I think just everything that's been going on and the, the hype that it's getting and the attention that Palestine is getting um, hasn't been like before, it feels like for me. And this is something that we've all grown up with. So we've seen it kind of um, change as the years go by every time something happens and there's media coverage about it and there's you know social coverage about it it hasn't been quite like this I feel like this time feels a little bit different Mm. and yeah I just wanted to know how you guys have been catch up with you guys a little bit about how um you've dealt with it the last week Iman um yeah so I think that you know for me, the protest was amazing. You know, I was with my family, my mom, Salma, everyone. It was great. But you're only around like-minded people. And I almost wanted to, like, shake people who didn't think the same as me. And it's all great and amazing to be around like-minded people. And you want the same thing and you want the same goals. But I wanted to go to the embassy. I wanted to be like, shut this down. I wanted to go to the prime minister. I wanted Boris Johnson. I wanted my MPs to just say, no, we're not accepting this. We're stopping trade with Israel. We're so- and that is proper, proper, proper impact is, you mm. know, it's like, you know, we, we could do as much activism as we can online. Um, kind of what Zena was saying as well in our last episode and what the role of influences and stuff like that. Like you can, you, you can only do so much, but really and truly the power is with the politicians and yeah, them actually true. making a stand. So I think Ireland was or is the first country in the EU to like properly take a stand on this. Um, yeah, they've stopped and sanction Exactly. And properly sanction Israel. That is powerful, you know, and mm-hmm. I wish that we were in a position where we could just march down to Downing Street and to Parliament and to the different embassies and say like, what the fuck are you doing? you need to change this now and you need to make action. Um, But besides that, like the protest was amazing. I think it done what it needed to do. And yeah, there's another one as well on the 12th um, that we'll put up, we'll we'll share on on the page. Um, But yeah, I think like like you both, um, I was really like, it got to a point where I almost felt, I didn't know what else to give. I didn't know what else to do. And it's easy for us to say that we're exhausted because we were and we are, but people that live there aren't exhausted. So I almost yeah. felt bad with saying, I feel really exhausted of posting. I'm really exhausted of seeing. I feel guilty for saying that. Um, but you just have to but be honest with yourself. Yeah. yeah, you just have to be honest with you. And I'm really happy that we took the week off because it just meant that we could actually do what what we were trying to do write our letters to the people that we needed to write that we needed to write to go to all those different meetings speak to whoever we need to speak to and we just yeah it was really good to have that it's so true what about Um, you Salma sorry it's so true it's all right it's so true on that side of you know being tired but at the same time feeling guilty because it is a privilege to be tired because you know Mm -hmm. the Palestinians in Palestine are not able to to have that privilege so it's it's taking a break, but remembering that we always need to come back to it and remember, you know, Palestine will be free, and you know, inshallah, God willing. Um, mm. Also, on the fact that, man, you said you wish you were with people that you could shake up, babe, you could have just gone to the next day where it was the pro-Israel one. <laughs> I mean, I, did you see that, Saba? No, I didn't. So, so these people saw how many people rolled up to the Palestine protest and decided we're going to do an Israeli one outside the embassy. And, you know, the numbers weren't the same, obviously, but it was just interesting that they tried to jump on the bandwagon because I've never heard of a protest like that. And um, it was just... It, it... You protest for what? I don't... Honestly, at <laughs> you know, point, Tommy, You know Tommy Robinson was there? I was yeah. just about to say, and I was like, that guy, anything in the media that's negative, he's always there. I don't understand. Like, Yeah, yeah anything, to be honest, that's um, anti-Islam, he's like... 
the yeah. front and center. Honestly, and it's God. so funny because he's, just... he's said anti-Semitic things in the past. So it's like, what are you doing? Like, are you, yeah. he's just Great like, do you know what it person. is? And the people there that were at the protest that might be Israeli um, or just really, really crazy far right wing is literally just that. It's just like crazy far right wing English nationalists that are just. Yeah. yeah. And this and is they, the thing. Not it even kind worth it. No. Having him there kind of shows what side do you want to be on? Yep. Facts. A hundred percent. Like it doesn't. It doesn't really make sense. I mean, you've got on one side Angela Davis, the black activist, speaking out about um, Palestine and how it's an apartheid state. And then you've got Tony Robinson joining the um, Israeli protest. That's all I have to say about that, to be honest. It no, just shows honestly. what side do you did really want to be see, on. Did you see, um, oh, sugar, what's his name? The Hulk. Mark Ruffalo. No, listen. <gasps> no, no, no. What I mean to tell you. About this? I have fancied this man. No, but wait. Do you know how long I've? Do you know how long I've been in love with this man? Like since his rom com days, isn't it? Yeah, since thirteen going on thirteen. Yeah. I have been in love with this man. And even even like heaven. Have you watched like heaven? Yeah, I. Listen, I'm a I'm a major fan of this guy, and he has been pro Palestine time and he like is so like he's so vocal about it no he's, he's not a, no. he's an activist he's Sabah. an activist he came out against Palestine. no he, he revoked it he revoked it that's what? why i was that's why i wanted to bring his name up but i was what? gonna let you go off so wait let's explain hold on so okay so, so, so sam was gonna explain yeah so mark ruffalo did post the you know uh palestine is being occupied it's an apartheid it's a genocide blah 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 right i think that the big companies in hollywood and all that stuff saw how much of an impact he was going to make if he joined the pro-palestine side and i think guys he got blackmailed because the way he wrote that tweet because the tweet says that was something like um all that stuff i said about israel and gaza not palestine cannot be called the uh, genocide i was misinformed slash miseducated um, I can't use a hyperbole to like describe this. It just doesn't sound like him at all because he was coming from the side of the children of Palestine and so and so. So to me, it sounds like Facts. Hollywood came He's with part the, of the Marvel. Yeah, and they probably universe. were like, "You want to keep making money? Then I, you and, shush." And to yeah. be honest, I don't know Marvel and DC, and I don't know. Don't quiz They're me owned on by this. Disney anyway. Uh, Marvel's owned no, by Disney. No, no, no. I know, but uh, is uh, what's her name? the israeli uh soldier is she part of marvel as well she's in dc she's the diff- she's the other one right. so marvel is the avengers and disney and dc right. is owned by warner brothers i believe so they're two different companies but yeah. i think regardless the machine that is hollywood it's the same yeah i think they were like no do you no. know how did i didn't know this do you know how disappointed I am? Babe, my heart I may cry. No, no, no. He's still pro-Palestine. I know no, no. he is. We know. I feel like he's being blackmailed. Yeah. Listen, even if he is being blackmailed, like, the fact that he wrote that, that literally breaks my heart. I know. Right. But I. But he was very... He's such an activist. Like, I think he's such a pro-documentary person as well. Like, he asked the Oscars, can I present the documentary um, section? Because he's so involved in all those um, uh, mediums. But... I think in this case, they were like, yeah, you can be an activist, just not on this thing. Mm. I see. How do you guys feel about the way that everything is kind of being portrayed on like social media and like the news? And it's, you're, we're seeing a similar to when the Black Lives Matter protests were happening and there was like this uproar on social media. Um, we were seeing a lot of like, you know, people dying, a lot of trauma, a lot of children, you know, getting... It's similar with a lot of kind of war imagery. You have a lot of people in really vulnerable circumstances being just put all over kind of social media, put all over the news. And you don't even necessarily know if they want to be on there. You don't necessarily know if they have given their consent to be shown in that way. And I was just kind of thinking for this episode, um, what we wanted to do is kind of 
bring it back and start speaking. We've spoken about the history of Palestine and Israel. We've spoken about what it means to, you know, be a, a kind of active, an activist on social media and how to raise your voice and make an impact. And I think now it's a, it's a good way to end this kind of series. Not that we're ever ending speaking about Palestine, but this specific series with Palestinian culture and the way it's been erased and the way that a lot of Palestinian culture has, Israel has kind of taken over and with the colonization of Palestine has made it their own. So mm. I wanted to speak a lot about that today um, and really bring to light a lot of Palestinian, um, history and heritage and art that has been really erased and um, yeah, shed light on it. So yeah, I just wanted your opinions about that. So I think that unlike um, war imagery um, and seeing different media of that sort was actually really distressing for me. And it got Mm -hmm. to the point where it's like, I've seen loads of images and videos of children crying, some of them deceased. And obviously you've got imagery as well of bodies that are just, whether it's parents or children, and as you said, Sabah, A, you don't know if the families of that person or if they're not deceased, that if that person has agreed to be shown in that way. But B, it, it really got to a point where I just couldn't see imagery like that. And I think that one of the best things that Instagram has done has done the, um, you know, the, the image, the, the, yeah, the sensitive image, because yeah. boy, like when, yeah. I, when I see that, and I know that that person has been posting about Palestine in their story. I assume that it's about Palestine and I just don't, you I, just, I, I just can't, I can't, yeah. Yeah, I think it goes into the desensitization argument. Like when you, when you get used to seeing a certain type of person um, in pain or deceased or mm. so-and-so. So I think in that argument, especially with like the BLM, it was a r- big problem because it was just constantly posted and it was, it was quite traumatic um the thing that annoys me it's every time I see a video of a Palestinian kid and you know the fact that you know I can understand Arabic so I completely understand what they're saying and I can hear the pain in their voices Mm. and on top of that it's something really distressing it's just so emotional to watch and Mm. once you start watching you can't stop it's like you just have to just see the resolution even even though there isn't one um, but like you said, Iman, you just have to kind of ignore some of them because it really, really gets to you. Um, but with my my thing with this, what's even more annoying is that people are seeing this and they're still not like believe. Like some people think this is fake. I don't know if you know that, but some people think this is all like acting. Yeah, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, do you yeah. mean? So like, there's a pro-Israeli argument that they've hired people to act this way or act out scenarios where yeah. like they're being taken to you know ambulances because they took some footage from years ago where again I think it was Israelis trying to portray them in that way and it literally looks like a movie set and they're they're rehearsing and resetting and all that stuff and I'm like how can you see these images and these videos? I think that's fake, yeah, yeah, and it's like wow, nothing is gonna nothing's gonna get to your head. We're not we're never gonna get through to you clearly because. Yeah. If kids are in pain in this way and you're still saying, but... It's then fake. Yeah, they... You. Because it, it doesn't sit with their conscience that this is actually happening on the other side of their country. I think so that's only, helping them sleep at night. Yeah. The only equivalent argument is that it's fake, you know? Yeah. It's so similar yeah. to Trump and then he would just be like fake news about everything. Um, yeah. So I think he, that, he inbred a load of people that are like all fake news, just spell fake news now. yeah that that doesn't surprise me one bit yeah so i think you guys are completely right like you know the desensitization desensitization is that right yep that's that's a tongue twister um yeah it's it's as you said it goes into that argument completely especially with the media i think i was watching channel four and i can't remember the um journalist that was there but it was actually a really really good journalist and he was like i am on the strip now this is an open air prison and like the we're sky. just giving him so sky news that was it sky maybe i maybe think so he, he wears like a bullet pr- and he walks around and yeah he's so honest with everything he's like what are they protecting no, this is another oh, one it's a different one. Oh, okay yeah this is another one this was on channel four okay. um and there was a minister um an israeli minister I can't remember what minister he was for. And he was literally like gunning him down completely. And he was like, but I am here. I am on the ground. 
So when you see videos like that of journalists that are on the ground and then you're still saying, oh, it's fake news, it's fake news, it's fake videos. And there was a video today that I um, shared and it was, so you know the, the, the right to return? So the so if you if you're a Jew, you are entitled to a free trip to Israel. Yeah, your birthright right trip. trip. Yeah. yeah, I shared um, the same video yesterday. I know. What you're oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what the guy. Yeah, and I think it was eight of the people that were on the birthright trip. They actually walked out. They cancelled their trip back home. The Israeli government threatened them. Like it was a lot of mad. Yeah, stuff. because they wanted to see Palestine. And if you're well, no, they were just like, why is Palestine not on the map? Even if no, it's occupied no, no, no. Palestine. They, yeah, no, they left the group, but they wanted to see the Palestinians. So they actually fully left like Israel. Yeah, territory. they went and stayed with a family, a Palestinian family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the argument started because of the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, so if you are just watching pro-Israeli media and you are adamant that this is all fake, but then there's people that are on these birthright trips that are literally seeing it for what it is and speaking out. How can you genuinely still turn a blind eye to it? Like, how? How, how, how? We spoke about this um, in the in the previous episode where there's a lot of um, the Israeli birthright trips where there are activists who come on who have been on the trip yeah. previously and know the propaganda behind it. And they kind of tell them, if you want to see the real side of Israel, if you want to see the way they're occupying Palestine, then join us. And then they take them to Gaza and they take them and they show them um, the reality of what's going on. And I think it's like, that's literally just being like, as much as we should praise that and be, you know, really grateful that they're speaking out about it. That is just, you know, being held accountable for your yeah for, for be for your ignorance essentially because these kids are born into that they don't understand this and they don't know what's wrong with Israel it's just they've been the the craziest thing is that these people who their ancestral history like we're talking probably 10 times back right in their family history might have roots to palestine and they're able to go get a job get a house go on this trip whatever do whatever they want in this country right but a person who was born in palestine left palestine can't go back to visit yeah. their family can't see their grandparents can't see where they were born and it's i think that just speaks volume and i think the so like this is one of the things why this episode, I really wanted to really put a focus on the erasure of the culture and mm. the way that, you know, as much as we speak about how sad everything is, and it is, it's heartbreaking, we should also try and celebrate the things that we've, you know, gained from Palestinian culture. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there, there are a few things I wanted to actually bring up. Um, and obviously you guys as well um, mentioned things that you love about um, Palestine and things that you've learned from them. Um, But there's, uh, you know, there's a really rich um, art history in Palestine that is based, that is surrounded around resilience. And um, in particular, the watermelon is a symbol of resilience in um, Palestinian art. And that's because it carries the green, black, white, and red color scheme. Mm. And the, I think it was, let me just get the um, date correct, but it was around 1973, I wanna say, um, this uh, Palestinian artist, um, and this was shortly after the Palestine and Israel war, um, this Palestinian artist, um, you know, uh, done a collection of paintings and they were, you know, using the Palestinian um, color scheme of the flag. And the paintings were confiscated um, by Israeli military. And the reason this, the artists asked why, and they said, yeah, you're, you're just not allowed to, you're not allowed to have any kind of like symbol of Palestine um, exhibited here and all of this kind of thing. And he was like, well, what if I draw a watermelon? And he was like, no, you're not, you're not allowed that either. So the watermelon <laughs> essentially became the symbol 
of resilience and I think that's like kind of incredible that sorry I laughed because it was just like I'm I'm drawing a fruit you have a you have a problem (laughs) Mm -hmm. with everything like you're trying to be on a defense for for anything do you know what I mean also I love that the watermelon is like so when you think of a watermelon when it's cut you think of it as a triangle and the red and the flag also has the red in the triangle shape so it's interesting Mm -hmm. that it's like both yeah yeah yeah. no exactly and it's like Uh, This is what I love about like political art, how it can kind of, um, it becomes a sort of satire to the whole situation Mm. and it like really sheds light on how pathetic it is really. Um, So that I thought, I thought that was incredible. And I think a lot of other things as well, you've got um, Palestinian tatris, which is um, a type of embroidery. If you look at it, every kind of uh, region in Palestine has a different style. And this is like, from me just noticing how, I, I don't know if you guys remember how like embroidery became really fashionable sort of, I think, last year and the year before. And it was, you saw a lot of like um, uh, embroidery influence and like Zara collections and stuff like that. And it was just literally flooded everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it took influence from... Um, from Palestinian embroidery, Palestinian culture. Um, And I just thought that was really interesting because I had no idea, but when I was researching into this episode and I was looking at um, some of the different styles, I was like, oh my God, we see so much of this. And this is cultural appropriation. And like, Mm. we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was really interesting. And it goes to so many different levels as well when we talk about Palestinian food as well and how that's been, you know, when you speak of falafel and you speak of couscous and you speak of um, all these different foods, and I know you guys have couscous as well, but it's instantly, when you go in Tesco, it's like Israeli hummus, Israeli falafel, Israeli couscous. And you, you never see Palestinian this, Palestinian that, when it is a Palestinian food. So, well, couscous is Moroccan, but yeah, the others, but, yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I have seen Israeli couscous though. Yeah, Israeli couscous is a thing, but it's like, where does that come from? That comes from Morocco. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's and, the Moroccans that went there, probably. Yeah, and there is a massive Jewish Moroccan community. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's now taken because they have gone and they've lived in Israel. It's become an Israeli dish, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of different aspects to it. To the point where even uh, there are loads of different chefs who want to make uh, cookbooks on Palestinian food. And the, I, there's this one particular um, chef where I, I, I'll get her name up. But when she was when she was trying to get published, her book is called Palestine on a Plate. And she was having so much trouble with it because they didn't want the word Palestine on the cover because it would create controversy. And it's, we've reached that level. Mm. And so it's just, yeah, I just wanted your opinions on that, really. I find it so interesting when it comes to people branding Israeli food. So I, I've seen a lot on YouTube of, like, Vogue posts when they're like, I think one was Natalie Portman cooking Israeli food and she fully made tabbouleh, <laughs> which is a Palestinian, even, like, Lebanese dish. And I mm-hmm. was like, and you're trying to call this Israeli. I was like... You can't make... Why are you taking a dish? This is colonization in its purest form. You're just picking the dish and going, yep, that's mine now. Um, And not even that, but there are like places where I go to. um, I believe Gales is one of them. Um, Their pro is... I think they're literally an Israeli brand. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all the food... I I love it. I love Gales. Shout to Gales. um, Because (laughs) I went in there and I'm like, oh, this is very like... Um, European because I'm seeing all the pastries but then there's a Middle Eastern section and I've noticed whenever a restaurant is Middle Eastern and doesn't say the country it's from like they don't say Lebanese yeah. food Moroccan for example in North Africa or like, they don't say Syrian food when they say Middle Eastern they're most likely from Israel because they don't want to just be outspoken with it because otherwise it'd be like we're Lebanese we're Palestinian so they get away mm. with the Middle Eastern thing and Middle East is huge like you can't just brand it as one thing so mm. what I find interesting is that they also try to be hidden and keep trying to rebrand because they know people will cancel the the restaurant or the cafe because when people hear that it's very like no thank you've just taken you've just taken someone's culture. Yeah. So I just find it like I find it disgusting 
And I find it as another way to wipe out someone's history. Like, let alone you've taken the land, let alone you've, you know, the space of people, but now you're taking the culture. It's like, what more? What more do you want? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. There's a, um, a really famous falafel place in London in Shepherd's Bush um, called Mr. Falafel, I think. This place has the most incredible falafel sandwich you will ever eat in your life like it's actually like abnormally good um and he's got like palestine literally like spread over everywhere flags everywhere and it's like that is the only place i feel like in london that i've like experienced where it's like so proudly palestinian and so popular and people like just you can't deny it whatsoever as soon as you go in it's incredible. I love that. Yeah, no, it's really, really shameful that that people think that they can get away with this type of thing. And I mean, they think they can get away with it because they know they can get away with it. That's just the bottom line. And it's all part of the branding um, to make the country relevant, to make it seem as though it has a history, to make it seem as though it has a culture, to make it seem, when actually it's just Palestinian culture, just with a different name. Yeah. That's what it is. Your country isn't old enough to have culture deep-rooted in arts and history mm-hmm. and architecture and interior design and, and fashion and everything because it, your country's not old enough because mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been there for long enough. So um, it's really, really shameful, really shameful. And it's and anyone who rebrands other people's culture just for their own political gain. And that's what it is. It's political gain at the end of the day. Yeah. Should be embarrassed. Also, Israel is like one of the biggest brands out there. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this video on Instagram with this Palestinian girl. Did you see the way she speaks about um, her marketing class? No? No. No, I haven't. So they found, she found out because she's Palestinian. So when they brought in Israel, because Israel, a brand, was the title of the lecture, um, they found out that they got a marketing company to um, help the global branding of Israel, like to help it improve because. Previous, yeah, they have a TikTok. I that. Yeah, yeah, no, fully. And then previous, Israel has a TikTok. Yeah, and they always, and the IDF always posts like, "What beautiful girls!" Like, I'm sorry, like, the- make it make sense. Um, and basically, long story short, um, the is Israel basically hired this marketing company because people before the marketing scheme were like, "So, what do you think of Israel?" Like, people just had no affiliation to Palestine, and Israel. We're like, we just think it's mean. We think it's scary. We think it's like you know hoarding people off and like no not welcoming so they decided as a marketing brand the best way to get people more involved is just to be the anti-middle east as in like all of the other countries around it just be like oh this country is like more you know um not into the city life we're gonna make city alive oh lgbt is not big here we're gonna make lgbt so they like included all this marketing they yeah. branded it as like they pinkwashed everything yeah. and they made it seem like oh my god we are the new modern middle east when previously yeah, to this marketing thing exactly. they were the same as everyone else and it's still the biggest marketing ploy ever because then when you have this birthright stuff that's completely marketed as you guys were saying it's it's all fake it's all like controlled and then when they get they're like oh my god this is amazing this birth trip is amazing it's like yeah, it looks incredible like yeah to be honest what they've done what i think is really interesting what you were saying before about there being no culture because it's a very new country the, israel is actually one of the pioneering countries of um startups the most like startups i think in the world um so when you go there, so many new businesses are coming out of there, like really, really big ones. And I, I imagine they get incredible funding as well from the state. Um, and it's just really interesting that the way they've made, they've exactly like themselves as this um, kind of the only uh, forward thinking country in the Middle in East the Middle with East. their, yeah. with their, you know, with the way they deal with um lgbtq plus communities and this is what i think is really interesting as well is that when people from the lgbtq plus community were speaking out on it loads of people were coming after them like you can't speak about this because arabs um do not support gay rights and israel is the only country in the middle east that supports gay rights and so what are you doing by supporting this archaic 
um, you know, region of the world. And it, it's just so interesting that, you know, th that's their kind of narrative. That's what they're going with. And they're trying to show all this like amazing stuff that they're doing by hiding all the other stuff, all the other shit that's going on in the background. And it's, it's so contradictory as well, because it's like, in Judaism, when we're talking about LGBT, L there is no rights for the LGBTQ plus community. So it's and there, and there was a there was a really good um, interview with um, Mehdi, um, is it Mehdi, um, Mehdi Hassan, and he was like it was with one of the ministers again I can't remember which minister, and he was like so is it a secular state or is it not a secular state. Mm -hmm. Is it about religion or is it not about religion? And it's only about religion when they want to make an argument so that you can't argue against them, so that you get accused of being anti-Semitic. And then it's not about religion when you want it to be for other things to 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 get gain in different communities, like for example in the LGBTQ plus community. Like it's no, you know, everyone is well aware that in Saudi Arabia, those from an LGBTQ plus background will be discriminated against. I fully, fully, fully do not support that. However, when we're talking about Israel, you can't say yes for one thing and no for another. You can't say, um, you know, this is a Jewish state and then say, oh, actually, no, it's not. It's a secular state. So it's, it's again, it's all about different political ploy um, and gaining from different communities. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it, do you know what it is? It's insulting and it's exploiting different communities and and not giving them fair treatment um and not being honest um yeah so so it isn't fair treatment and there was a guy he's an american guy um he's either mixed race or he's black he's from la lgbtq and he is very outspoken to say the least he is very pro-trump very pro-israel and he i mean he's he do you know what comes out of his mouth garbage garbage <laughs> absolute shit that's what comes out of his mouth and he was like israel is the only country oh my god <laughs> was i like, think he posted it was like, him it was like israel is the only country in the middle east that supports gay rights what the fuck da -da 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 -da. and i'm like bitch you don't even know the half of it like don't start yappa 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 yapping and you don't know what the hell you're talking about and again it's literally people that are just exploiting people like this who are opinionated to just get to just get gains yeah that's literally what it is same as same and as being pro-trump like like a pro-trump supporter he don't give a fuck about lgbtq plus rights of course he doesn't he don't care but if he's got somebody who's out there saying, yeah, oh my God, da -da -da, pro Trump this, pro Trump this, pro Trump this, that he literally exploiting you. He's exploiting you. He does not care about you. He does not care about your freedoms. He does not care about human rights. And he does not want the best for you and your community. But he is exploiting you for a fucking vote. Yeah, reason. no, completely. I think yeah. it, you completely said it perfectly. And what I think is interesting as well you have a lot of um, you have a lot of people who support Israel who are Jewish or who are Jewish in the sense of it being um, more of an ethnicity than it is a religion for them, and they will use God as a argument to support the state of Israel and be like, "This is our land. We have ties, religious ties to it, and everything," but then are atheist. And it makes no sense. So it only matches it when they want to speak. God only comes into play when, when it, it comes them. to defending the state of Israel. But really and truly, they don't believe in God whatsoever. Yeah, but the thing is, it has ties to every single Abrahamic religion. Exactly. Like, before, before they were Jews, they were pagans. Do you have pagans saying, oh, by the way, we were worship, uh, 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 we used to worship idols before. We were here before you 2,500 years ago, before before Judaism came about. We don't have a land, so we're going to call this our land. Are you going to say that your religion is better than theirs? No, no, you're not. No, you're not. I don't, I don't see pagans going there saying, claiming their land. No, I don't. So, no, I'm sorry. You just can't use that argument to go and claim a land. Yeah, especially with the religions that followed afterwards that. as well. So it's like, you don't know. Well, the thing is, the Jewish people that were there in Palestine, they converted to Christians and Christian, they converted to Muslims. Yeah, because so the I, order And some was... of them, 
Judaism, Judaism, Christianity, Christianity Islam. and Islam. It's yeah. not our fault that Islam came last, and it's not Christians' fault that Christians came in the middle. And yeah. there was some Jews that converted to, to 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 Islam. So actually, those people that you're talking about in Palestine, those are actually your ancestors. Yeah, they're cousins. Those people right there, two thousand years ago, that converted to Islam, those are your your Jewish cousins. Yeah, or your Jewish ancestors. Yeah. So I don't want to come. I, I don't want to hear it. I really don't want to hear it. Sorry. But anyway, no, you're, the erasure you're, of art and culture. <laughs> no, you're completely right. Um, no, I just wanted to um, bring up as well a kind of uh, like a an Arab icon for us, a cultural reset, if you will, um, Muhammad Asaf. And he won, I think it was Arab Idol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Arab Idol. Um, in what year was it? got it here it was in 2013 it feels like it was a lot longer yeah um, it was, it, it, yeah. yeah it feels like although guys that's like eight years ago anyway um I love talk about it. yeah Same, he won, I love him he won Arab Idol and I think for us as Arabs when you know this this man from he's from Gaza I think mm-hmm. um and he's like just from all this like just made it out of this oppression and this horrible situation and made something so massive of himself and there was worldwide coverage of it and what he's done with the fame that he's gone from that has been absolutely incredible the demi falastini song that everyone has on blast oh my all god the time. it makes me want to free palestine by myself literally which demi falastini for our non-arabic speakers uh, translates to um, my blood is palestinian or i have palestinian blood um no my, my blood is palestinian yeah. um and I think that song, you kind of hear it when you go to protests. You hear it everywhere. I hear it every, and in every wedding as well. And literally. And it's some shisha cups, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you hear it absolutely everywhere. Even even my friends who aren't Arab know it and sing it. And it's like such an um, iconic song. And it's like such a uniting song. And I feel like it's just such... It, it's just so incredible to me that... He came out of that situation. He won this massive, massive show. And he had the support of all these Arabs. And it just felt like when that happened, it was just such a win for Palestine. It was just incredible. And everyone was so pleased. And if you listen to his voice, his voice is absolutely oh, incredible. He reminds me of Abdel Halim Hafid, who is another incredibly like iconic yes. um, singer. And... Um, it, it was just like a really, really phenomenal, um, phenomenal win for them. Do you know what's so interesting that you just said that? Because my, you just named my mum's both favourite singers. So my mum used to love Abdul Halim, like obsessed. And then when Mohammed Asaf was winning, she was like, this guy's amazing. I love him, whatever. <laughs> and then I had the pleasure of actually seeing him perform at my friend's Stop. wedding. This is, this is mad, I'm not going to lie. So I have two friends who are Palestinian. They're Khalid and Bayan. I don't know if they're listening, but hi. Um, <laughs> and they invited me to their wedding. And then he was a special guest. And I was like, no way are they pulling up Mohammed Asaf to perform. <laughs> um, there was full on security. It was like a whole thing. And Of course. Literally. And then he started Absolutely. singing. He started singing. And Demi Falastini obviously came on. I remember trying to FaceTime my mum and I was like, oh my God, it's your favourite singer. She just aired all my FaceTimes. Like, you're missing out. This is your moment. If you yeah, don't want yeah. it, go away. <laughs> um, but the best thing about him is how humble he is because at yeah. one point they started doing um, the Debka. I'm not sure if it's the same for Palestinians, but I know Lebanese is Debka. Yeah, um, they have their own Debka. It's very yeah. similar to the Lebanese one. Yeah, and obviously with the Palestinian flags. And then he saw them doing it and he was like, can I jump in? And then he led it and I was like, this guy is a legend. And I was just like, love that him. That is amazing. Love him. amazing. love him. Yeah, but um, a funny story actually. So about four years ago, me, my mum and my sister, we were in a Levi jeans advert. Oh, sorry. Oh, I remember this. I remember we were, this. We were. And um, so we went in as a family and we were actually, um, we were Palestinian. And we done the Palestinian dubke as well. If anyone wants to see it, let me know. It is on YouTube. Oh, I'd love to see it, there. bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really, really cool. I'll send you the link. I'm not going to put that on, um, on blast. I don't want you to see me on that. But 
I'll send it to you. But it was it was just re- it was like eight hours of doing dub care, and I remember it was on Ramadan what? as well, so we were fasting. Yeah, yeah. Because basically what they it was called um the the whole theme was about circles. So you had different groups from all over the world. So you had like um Bashment, you had Afrobeats, you had Latina, um oh and they had Palestinian. And it was amazing oh. to have and you had proper Palestinian dubke dancers, and I was like, This is incredible. This is Levi Jeans, and they're doing a Palestinian dubke and they're saying it as Palestinian. Yeah, um, and if I'm so not mistaken, incredible. Levi is a Jewish brand. I'm not sure if it's Israeli, but it is the Jewish brand. Well, the, direct, the director was the director was like, "We want Palestine," and I was like, "I okay. love that." And they I had like that. and they had like Palestine props and everything. So we we ha- we went to like a warehouse and the um it was it was basically in a wedding. So you had like other guests of the wedding and we were like in the main circle. Of Aww. like the, the the family of whoever was. So what are you doing? Put the link up. Put the link up. What are you no. Doing? <laughs> My question is: Were you doing Debka in Levi jeans? No, because that's very hard. No, mm. no. Okay. I, was I would imagine. I was in a suit. Oh, wonderful! Because we were because we were wedding guests. Of course. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, 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 guys. I'm not a model. We were just. And oh, babe, I would easily believe that, <laughs> you know. No, 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 no. We were just in advert. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, that was a that was that was really amazing to to celebrate that in that small way. And I was so I was so proud to be able to you know to, to honor that in such a small way, very insignificant, didn't help anyone's life. But what it meant for me was that like that was me giving a props to. Palestine when they easily could have done a Lebanese dubke. Yeah, no, I think it was it's not a small thing because it was representation at the end of the day for a culture for that's a culture. being erased. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool that you did that. Yeah, and it's no, a cool so. video. Check it out. Oh, I need to see yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, really good. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, just uh, again with Mohammed Asaf, just to go back on him, I just think it's incredible. He's a goodwill amb- he's a what is it? A goodwill ambassador for peace by the United Nations Relief and works agency for Palestinian re- refugees. Um, he's also named ambassador of culture and arts by the Palestinian government and was offered a position with diplomatic standing by the Palestinian president Mahmoud Abbas. It's like it, he even got a film made after him. He's yeah. just yeah there's like so much yeah he's a great guy man but yeah another another thing I really wanted to um touch on um was I think loads of people are seeing around like everyone wearing kefirs which is the patterned um the patterned scarf that's like representative of Palestinian culture Mm um and I just wanted to ask you guys if you knew what it represents, the patterns and the colours that it comes in, if you guys knew anything about no. it. No. So I didn't I know, and I, f- and I forgot a little bit, but I know that it incorporates the olive uh, mm-hmm. leaves or branches. Um, and I can't remember the rest, but please do explain that. Yeah, no, you're I right. No so if you, if you see it, um, it's got kind of three main patterns and there's olive leaves and they, if, uh, they're kind of just like leaves um, side by side and it kind of goes into the zigzag pattern. And then you've got the fishnet, which is um, the kind of diamond pattern on there. And you've got another bold pattern. So, and it's like a kind of a checkered pattern. So all these three make up uh, the main body of the of the scarf and the olive leaves they represent strength resilience and perseverance the olive tree is nearly synonymous with the palestinian land spirit and culture Mm. the fishnet represents affinity towards the palestinian sailor sailor and the connection with the mediterranean sea and the bold pattern represents trade routes going through Palestine, Palestine, symbolizing a long history of merchants, travel, and culture exchange. So it's like when you see people wearing a kefir, it's like such a massive it's representation a lot. Yeah, 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 of yeah, that, yeah. of uh, such strong symbolism of Palestinian culture. And it's like you're carrying the heritage as you're protesting, as you're 
going for your shop and you just wear it around your neck it's a form of resilience yeah. wherever you go and mashallah palestinians like embody resilience yeah completely Definitely. completely every Definitely. like with you know they're one of the biggest refugee groups now and wherever they go that so many of them have like adapted into like new cultures and you have a lot of uh, Lebanese Palestinian and Jordan- Jordanian Palestinians a lot of them mm. fled to America fled to here but their you know their Palestinian culture and their heritage is like so it, it dominates everything it's just so so strong and I think mm-hmm. that's incredible and okay. you can always um just on the olive trees um always a really really nice gift is you there's loads of websites that you can buy an olive tree for somebody in palestine and it's mm-hmm. interesting that you because i didn't know that about the scarf um and now when i think about the scarf it's it's nice to know that you can always link it to why the olive trees are there and just this the, the, the symbolism of it and actually just how important it is and why it is so important. Uh, that's really beautiful, actually. Um, yeah, I think so. we take so much from Palestine. Like, you have the olive trees, which are just synonymous with Palestinian land, and you've got, um, you know, dates that we break our fast with are usually important mm. in Palestine. And it's like all these things we don't realise. Uh, you know, the, our second most holiest site in our religion is in Palestine. We take we have so much, um, so much connection with it that we can't help but be passionate about what is going on, and I think it's yeah. so important because we carry so many of our cultural influences have come mm. from there. So and it's even, inevitable that we're going to be passionate. I think it's even, our third most holiest. Yeah, yeah, third. Oh, is it third? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. It's okay. <laughs> even um, so, um, I've been speaking to obviously Palestine is is. The topic of a lot of our conversations especially because people who are political and obviously watch the news and social media and everything and I was speaking to a lot of people that I know that are Christian whether they're practicing or not and you know they're like oh I don't really know what's going on and I'm like this is the birthplace of Jesus sir this is where Jesus is going to be resurrected oh so that's such a good and point it, and it's like and it's like this is the holy land for Christians and it's really interesting because even on the protests and stuff, it's like I'm I'm looking around. I'm like, where are the Christians? Because actually, this is your holy land as well. And when I've had conversations with people who are Christians, and they're like, you're actually right. Like this is our holy land yeah. too, and this is where Jesus is going to get resurrected. This is where, this is where everyone would want to go. Why would no one? What? Why would no one want to visit Palestine? This is where this is where it's important for all three Abrahamic religions, um, and it's Palestine is the only country in the world that has that. Yeah, where it brings all three religions together, and we're all in harmony, and we are all one. We all well, we're not all one, but you almost feel like there's one Ummah. You almost feel like you know there's there, there's a mosque here for the Muslims, there's a synagogue here for the Jews, and there's a church here for the Christians, and they're all historically all, all in, linked to the land, and they're all historically linked to our prophets, our to, to our nebbies, and to, to 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 it's just incredible. It's just incredible yeah. to be just. I can only imagine just going there. How strong you must feel, um, and how strong you must be. Sorry to to, to feel everything that you feel because it's emotional. I mean, I I can only imagine that inshallah one day if I ever was to get the opportunity to pray at Al-Aqsa Mosque, I think I'd just break down into tears because it's such a strong land. Like this is this is a holy land for all of us. And I would want to share that with Christians, with Jews, with everyone. Like it's my dream. It makes dream. it more special, yeah. It's my dream to be able to go into a synagogue there or my dream to be able to go into a church there and to just feel that connection with the people from from, from those religions who are my brothers and sisters and, and my cousins and to just, you know, feel so much strength in what we have and, and so much power in in what we can do and, and and lead our lives well and in good faith just through that connection and it's just yeah. and and I think that when people lose sight of that and people don't realize that it's it's for all of us 
we can't all live there and that's okay that we can't all live there um but it's yeah it's i think more than anything it's the erasure of that culture the erasure of the christian identity as well yeah and i think that people don't talk about that enough because it is an erasure of their identity they're not spoken about enough it's not given you know that the pedestal that it should be given for this is this is the christian's land as well, mm-hmm. this is where Christianity began. And this is where Christianity is going to stop. Don't erase them. Don't yeah, erase exactly. don't, don't erase their birthright. Don't erase their right to be there and to visit their holy land and to visit their churches and to see that and, and to get and to get baptized there. And because I think Kim Kardashian took her kids to get baptized um, yeah, she there did. as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it was in Armenia. No? No, they went no, to she Armenia. Took them, she so took went... them to Jerusalem. Yeah, and they oh, went to Jerusalem. Why did mm. they go to Jerusalem? Because because obviously Kanye was getting um, you know really religious. Jerusalem is the holy is the holy city. Yeah. Why would you yeah, not want to get baptized? That's where then? people go pilgrimage. There, I really quickly yeah. want to bring light. There's a really incredible Christian charity called Amos Trust, and they do um, so they do a lot of activism for Palestine they raise a lot of money for Palestine and I think if you're Christian to be honest not not only if you're Christian whatever religion you are it's really worth checking them out and what they do is they do a pilgrimage to Palestine walking from the UK walking from London yeah and they raise money and they're really really a really incredible charity and they do loads of events um for Palestine they bring loads of Palestinian speakers and artists to discuss um you know the situation that's going on and yeah their events are really amazing and you know it's for a good cause so definitely definitely worth um checking them, checking out. them out and my sister who was a previous guest uh last week Zina um she's a trustee with them as well so just a- oh cool. <laughs> yeah it's a really really cool um check it yeah out. that's amazing yeah I think it's just as I said it's just it's it's not just erasure of art and culture it's erasure of religion um and that's really unfortunate because it's as in every religion is as important as one another and that's Mm -hmm. whether you're hindu sikh buddhist pagan um muslim jew whatever you are you are just as important you're you're just as important as an atheist you're whatever you identify with there is yeah. no important that we're talking about. Everyone should have access. Human rights. Everyone has, everyone is equal. Everyone is a human. Everyone has yeah. the same blood that runs through their veins. I think yeah. the scientific percentages, actually, <laughs> I think we're all like 99% similar or something. It's only the 1% that's our DNA, but we're, we're all 99% similar. So we're actually all the exact same person. Um, yeah. Whatever your belief systems are, wherever your families come from, that's just your upbringing and that's just that you know um but everyone has a right to go to palestine every single person and this is where like this is where racism and nationalism comes into play because then some people think they're better than the other person and they deserve more because of where they're from which is a which is a lucky chance to be born in a certain country or to be a a specific type of person yeah and well i mean that comes from colonization and white supremacy, yeah. but you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the argument. But as sake. I said, as I said, you know, the two thousand my ancestors were here two thousand years ago. Yeah, pagans were there two thousand five hundred years ago. Yeah. It's not an argument. It's not yeah, argument. you the the religious argument just kind of doesn't stand anymore, no. to be honest. No, it really all. doesn't. No. I mean it never did stand, but like this is when I feel the most confident to speak out and say it's actually not acceptable for you to be saying this anymore. Like, yeah, it, because it's, it's a political not. move. It's nothing to do yeah, with exactly, religious claiming. Exactly. You, it, it's exactly that. Is that you? You claim about religion, but then you do political tactics to try and yeah. get other groups to support you when actually religiously you don't support them. So don't mix the two. Yeah. Don't no. start, you know, exploiting because that's what it is. It's exploiting people. Um, and it and derails just, the argument it completely derails the yeah. argument it becomes a, yeah. a religious thing when it's not a religious thing it's a political yeah. thing completely and religion and politics let's be honest should never be mixed it's yeah it's true a recipe for disaster they shouldn't they shouldn't be mixed because especially when you know you know what's the worst trio 
religion, politics, and men. When you have all three <laughs> of those, no, it's true. Why? Because when you have all, when you have all three, to be honest, any man, all three of those together, disaster. Just a triangle. That's why Australia's doing well. Uh, Australia's still a mess. I mean, I mean, Australia is Australia is a really great democracy. Do you mean New Zealand, the female prime minister? I mean New Zealand. Okay, because I was yeah, Australia. I, don't I was, think has I a... was really confused because I, I, <laughs> I, mean I, mean I could swear that. I could swear that Australia was not like the best in terms of democracy. I think yeah. the government is. Uh, it's, um, it's it's definitely not. It's definitely New Zealand. Speaking of that, actually, I have a question for you guys. Don't mind me asking. Do you see? So I've seen similarities in the way. Um, Palestine is being kind of ignored in the sense of like it's being occupied in the past and people are actually claiming it's not basically colonization. Do you see similarities in how Americans treat Native American history mm-hmm. and Australians yeah. m- try to approach indigenous Australians history as well? Yeah, I was yeah. discussing this actually with Zena the other day where it was um, basically this is the thing the argument goes both ways so if you go to an israeli person they'll be like yeah we're the persecuted this is our native land and if you go to a palestinian person they'll say what is currently happening is what happened to the natives in america where we're the native people and israelis are the columbus america taking over who discovered the land who discovered the land so it goes both ways the argument I feel like that argument never stands because they each feel a certain way but about do you know that what, land. Do you know what I don't understand about this whole native argument, yeah? Is that, like, you're saying you're native, but you're white. You're actually you actually white. Exactly. Oh, this is, this is another... Like America's you're, 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 only, you're only claiming it because you're the same religion. So this is a but this is a white. really you're not you're not you're not you're not from that land. You're actually not native to that land. Your religion might be, but you aren't. So this is a really important point. Me and Zina were speaking the other day about, and we were saying how in the do you see a similarity in the sense that with South Africa, how white people went to go and basically colonize that they were able to colonize. If it was a, if you are a white person going into that country, you're able to take over it. Why couldn't Jews go to Palestine as refugees and just, you know, go into the land and just be like, yep, we're here, we're persecuted, we're coming to this land, can you give us the same, you know, rights that we do for refugees here when they come? Why is it that, is it because they're white people and they're able to kind of, yeah, take that over that why. land. They're able that to completely because, because there were black Jews in East Africa, but they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. With Ethiopian Jews, um, you know, they were heavily persecuted when they were taken to Israel, mm-hmm. and um, they were sterilized. You know, the women were sterilized. Exactly, exactly. So unknowing to them. Yeah, and so it just shows that if you're white, I mean. Even if you don't consider Jewish people having the same people they are white passing and they have major privilege they have white but privilege. they are these we're talking about we're talking about white Amer- yeah white americans white Jewish four, americans. Six, yeah. and seven grandparents are in are, are buried in hungary yeah yeah or ireland you're white. or the uk you're, white. you're not you're white do you know what i mean yeah. like you do have some obviously some some jewish um people who went to israel who might look arab or North African, and they might have, you know, their parents or whatever might be in, you know, from somewhere in North Africa, like Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, um, or as I said, might be black Jews or might have come from Ethiopia. And even then you might be like, "Mm, we still can't prove that your ancestors were here 2000 years ago. Like you're not a dinosaur. Like we can't, do you know what I mean? Like it's very hard to prove that. But it's the, it's the, it's the caucasity it's actually the caucasity. Mm-hmm. Did you just make that up? Where no, uh, no, no. Cauca- Caucasian or Caucasian. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of that. No, no, no it's it, a thing. It's a it's the caucasity for me. And it's like, you know, 
you go in and you actually get burnt by the sun that you claim is yours. Yeah, but, yeah okay, yeah. go off. No, because literally, because literally, the way the history is being portrayed by Israelis who claim like. Yeah, we just came here and there was no one here and we just took the land. It's so similar to the way Americans portray how they came to America, like through the Native Americans. And they're like, yeah, we Mm. all just had a nice feast. We were the pilgrims and, you know, we just had good turkey and then we were all friends. And it's like, no, mate, you brought diseases. You wiped out a whole race of people and then made them indigenous. And then you kept all the names with Milwaukee or Ohio or so-and-so. But you... You know, you took all those aspects of their culture, but you were like, bye, get off our land now. Like, yeah. just, it's, it's like history repeating itself and never finding a way to stop because of the caucasity. Yeah, I just, I just think it's so unbelievably insane that, you know, the Zionist man and the British colony were just like, yep, cool, we're just going to do this. We're just going to go take over this country. Easily, Palestinian, uh, the Palestinian government were happy to take Jewish people as refugees. Like, yeah. they were happy to take them in, give them well, kinship. Go on. Sorry. No, well, obviously, the, the, it was the, I can't remember the exact full name, but it was the Palestinian something, the British mandate of whatever. whatever yeah. That was it. Because it wasn't called Palestine, because Palestine was never like a word as a country for itself it was always an occupied of whatever so it was yeah. the british that allowed well not allowed well handed allowed but also handed and was like okay do you know what we can't deal with this whole mess of this occupation yeah we're just business. gonna give this basically we're just to gonna give guys. it to everyone but it's just you know so I mean? crazy because if palestine had you know um what's it called when you um if Palestine had gained independence, right, and they mm-hmm. had their own country, and they were to take, you know, the Jewish persecuted people as refugees, that would have been completely fine. That would. But have this is the worked. problem. But this is the problem. Palestine. Palestine was never given its independence. Exactly. It exactly. Was because... And so, if it, had, these... if it was independent, then I don't think we would have. Well, not I don't. We think wouldn't we be having. This issue. We wouldn't be having this conversation. It's because. No. The Caucasus. <laughs> the Caucasus is literally because of that. Um, I feel like we just have to always blame everything on the British. Yeah, because they owned basically the world. The yeah, British, the Germans, and the not the you know. It was oh, mainly man. Britain, though. It was mainly Britain that had it was the Britain. biggest empire. It was Britain. Yeah, it's Britain, Britain, Britain just went in and was just like, "I'm going to fuck shit up." Yeah. I'm going to yep. go to the States. I'm going to go to the Middle East, to Africa, to Australia, everywhere. Australia, Asia, everywhere. They, 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 everywhere. they really said this whole <laughs> world really is said, mine. Is that for yeah. me? Yeah, like, <laughs> the whole planet. The whole planet. <laughs> it's honestly, and now we're here, living here. Wonderful. I know. Honestly, what a joke. What a it's, joke of the It's country. disgusting. Disgusting. It is what it yeah. is, isn't it? But yeah, on that note, um, yeah, uh, I, I just thought it would re- it would be really important to kind of share a bit more about the culture and not so much what we're list- what we're hearing about politically, um, and actually celebrate a lot of the Palestinian um, art and heritage that we, you know, miss out on that we don't really notice as much. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Thank oh, it's guys. been a really good little series, actually. Um, yeah, really, really good. So kind of bittersweet to end on this, yeah. but you I'm know, sure we'll said, do more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we want... we're always speaking on Palestine. So. Yeah, and we want obviously Palestine, uh, Palestine, Palestinian speakers to come, and you know, yeah. um, um, you know, as it, as we said from the beginning, we were always gonna uh, have an episode on Palestine in this series. Anyway, yeah. um, it just so happened that it felt right to start the series now. Um, but yeah, definitely we will revisit this, and yeah, it's been it's been really great actually. It's been really educational a weight, and a weight off of my shoulders to be able to use the platform in the way that we have, and to actually have a platform to speak out about this, and to have the confidence to speak out about it. It's just been great to have with you both. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it's important as people who aren't Palestinian. To speak up on a bit, uh, to speak up on it, and mm. to bring light to it, because you're, 
you know, you're reaching out to your communities, your separate communities, and you're bringing light to the situation. And we, you know, we all come yeah. from different communities. So it's, it's important not only to hear it from Palestinians, but from yeah. other people. Yeah. If that was happening from my, in my culture, and I saw other cultures really talking up about Morocco, I would probably be reduced to tears every day because I would be like, wow, someone actually gives a shit. And mm. then they have no affiliation to the country. Like, genuinely, genuinely, as a Moroccan Muslim and Sabah, you as Iraqi Iranian Muslim, we actually have the least in common with Palestine or, or the least direct affiliation with Palestine. So, obviously, we're not Palestinian. We're Muslim, but it's not. I mean, we, we have Saudi Arabia that has our Hajj. So it's not like if, if that holy land wasn't to exist, we, we have a holy land. Um, and it's, you know, we're, it's not. Yeah. Ethnically, it's I'm actually, not Arab. Ethnically, not, you're, can... ethnically, ethnically, you're not Arab. Ethnically, we're not Arab. But so it feels so real. Have, we actually have the least yeah. direct commonness, commonality yeah. to Palestine. Um in comparison to other people who don't speak about it and they have way more links to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just been really, really great to, to be enlightened and yeah. to be educated in this way. So, no, thanks. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank thanks. you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and we got to do, we got to do one on Ireland. Oh, 100%. Oh, absolutely. To Ireland. Ireland is the country. I the want, <laughs> that's it. I <laughs> want an Irish passport and you know what yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm moving to dublin that's it i'm moving they want to free palestine i want to free myself from britain i want to be in ireland that's facts 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 if you're irish i love you i love you your country is the best your country is elite me can you please invite me you know if you go on there if you go on twitter right so uh, you know what I feel like this is turning into when you say bye at a gathering <laughs> like, yeah. and, like, you stand, and you stand by the door for like hours um, no if you go on Irish Twitter don't ask me why I was on Irish Twitter but I was on Irish Twitter they all have the Palestinian flag in their bios and I was just like this is so lovely I work with a girl called Nevia. she is a fucking legend lover and she was telling me about her granddad and her grand her granddad wants to buy a Palestinian flag. <laughs> granddad. That is adorable. <laughs> the Navy Philistine. Shout out to you and shout out to your granddad. Love that. But yeah. That is really, really sweet. Yeah. But yeah. Thank you guys. It was a Thank great, you. great series. And Thank you. we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.